Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the podcast that is educating about and working towards a true people's liberation uh, movement, and hopefully one day a true proletarian revolution. Um, But until that day comes, I am your host, Josh, and this is, as I said, uh, the podcast In Defense of Liberation. If this is your first time tuning in, I appreciate you very much. Uh, I hope you enjoy the show, and I hope that I, uh, you know, give you something to want to gnaw on, because the best thing that I've found when listening to podcasts is, like, not necessarily just the podcast itself, but, like, after the podcast, what it is that I go and learn and, and what it is that's introduced to me, um, and topics and subjects and stuff like that that I can go research on my own because that's the fun stuff is like learning to me and that's why I wanted to you know make this show so if ever you feel that this show is becoming you know maybe not that if you ever feel that um, you know you'd like to see the show go in a different direction um, you can always reach out to me um, at indefensiveliberation at gmail.com you can also find me on all my social medias, um, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, In Defense of Liberation. Um, <clears throat> if you're tuning back in, I appreciate you, and I hope I can give you another good show uh, and make you want to come back again. So, um, I don't really have a plan for today's episode, which, funnily enough, is usually how this goes. Uh, I drive on my way to work, and usually whatever it is that I've been learning about the night before or whatever it is that, you know, I'm wanting to kind of solidify in my own mind, that's usually what I end up recording about and having a conversation about. Um, So to stick with that, you know, kind of pattern, uh, last night I spent a good amount of time really, really, really trying to get my ADHD to turn off so that I could read um, Anti-During, which to this point has been about 50% comprehensible for me as someone who does not have a history in philosophy and also does not speak 1800s philosopher quite well. Um, But the 50% that I have been able to understand has been incredibly uh, cementing. And it's been, you know, super helpful because... What anti-during is, uh, from what I can understand, is during was like the, I guess you'd call him, I'm not going to use any necessarily uh, strict terms because um, I don't know the, the outright history, so I don't really know who he was, but based off of the way that uh, this is written, it seems like he was someone who at the time was claiming to be like or have the version of materialism understand reality for really what it was in a way that other people could not. Um, And uh, so basically Engels goes through and uh, in, you know, true Engels form, because Engels and Marx, they're both fucking sassy little bitches. Um, You know, Engels is just roasting the shit out of during for, like, a majority of this book, every time he gets something wrong, dude, Angles takes that shit and drags it from point A to point B. Like, this is a, the direct quote 
of during this is everything that he said this is why each and everything that he said is wrong here's what's actually right while using quotes from his own books like yo it's it's a whole nother level of petty that I feel like none of us will ever be able to reach because like we don't read books um (laughs) and uh but it's been good because one of the things you know this is where at the last chapter in this socialism scientific or utopian and scientific uh is the last chapter of this book cut out um so what this book is it's really building on the scientific grounding of marxism you know proving to the people who at the time just like folks today want to you know say that you know marxism tries to make this claim to science marxism tries to act in totality and so because of this it's just you know, dogmatism or or it's religious fervor and and honestly, anyone who can say that shit hasn't read Marx and doesn't understand Marxism because Marxism is dialectic, which means even in the cases where it is totally true, it is totally true in given circumstances and until those given circumstances change. But when those given circumstances do change, Marxism is a materialist analysis and therefore it cannot act in totality because as material conditions change so too does the analysis that marxism presents about capitalism as marxism developed alongside capitalism we had das kapital which was written about capitalism in the factory setting you know in manchester in england how capitalism was, you know, uh, um, uh, evolving, how it was, you know, how it existed. It was not, this is what capitalism is. So if anyone reads, you know, or or hops on the bandwagon that says, how could Marx write capital and not even talk about imperialism? Because that's not, you know, not for nothing... That's not what the book was about. He was trying to explain scientifically to the people who were trying to mystify capitalism as being, as they still do today, some all, you know, all-knowing eternal being, some eternal truth uh, that is quote-unquote natural. And Marx was like, no, like history develops, different modes of production exist, because you have different forms of technology, you have different social relations, and you have different abilities given, you know, your period of time, your given circumstances. So even though what capital is, is a all-encompassing scientific analysis of how capitalism works, it does not mean that that is the one way in which capitalism works. Because take Das Kapital... And, and, you know, uh, contract it again, contract, uh, compare it to how capitalism is taking place in South America, you know, and, and you would look at that and go, this does not look anything like what's happening here. And it's because it was written in 18, in the 1800s about Manchester, England. So as time progresses, as things evolve, well, don't you know that a guy... A little-known guy by the name of Lenin goes out and writes a book, Imperialism, the Highest Stage of Capital. 
and many people in between, I'm sure, you know, I have written articles and, and, and newspaper clippings and books and pamphlets that might have described these things, which at the time, you know, Marx and Lenin and those folks were talking about and didn't get the credit they deserved. I haven't read them, so who knows? But basically the point I'm trying to make is that Marxism is an evolving science that is meant to take the material conditions that we exist in and give us a way to understand them. Because everything else, every other ideology that exists today is a form of mystification. It is a way to take the confusing nature of the world we live in and make it more confusing. Marxism is supposed to, and in cases where we actually dedicate ourselves to understanding it, it helps to give us a lens of the world. Marxism is not, um, it's, you know, I had a conversation with a a comrade of mine where we were discussing um, Marxism versus anarchism. Excuse me, i got to get a drink here. And, um... Basically, uh, I, I I don't know how correct this is, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I said, anarchism is a goal, Marxism is a tool. And so, like, you know, anarchism would be, I want to grow a hundred years of corn, and Marxism is the hoe that gets you, you know, your soil, it's the, you know, the, the maybe... How, how best to understand the, the composition of the soil, what nutrients need to get <clears throat> implemented, you know, where the corn is going to go grass. Mar- Marxism is the, is the scientific analysis that gives you the ability to reach the goal that we're working towards, which, you know, for many of us is communism. For many of us, it's anarchism. Um, as it stands right now in America... Um, that's not really a conversation that needs to be had because uh, we live under capitalism and we live under imperialism and we live under an oppressive rule of the few over the many. So as it stands right now, anarchist, communist, I understand you know, why it is that we feel we need to have these theoretical questions and conversations and I understand why it is we feel that we need to have these things, you know, battled out and solved um, in order to, you know, reach the goal that each of us are are working towards. But I think a perfect example of, you know, why this truly isn't the case would be to look at, um, you know, China. Because I'm not, I'm not, again, I think I've made it clear on my podcast before, I'm not like Mr. China guy. But we 100% need to give critical support to all practicing socialist states because as it stands, they don't have any allies except for each other. So, you know, in true solidarity as comrades, we have to give them that critical support from within the belly of the beast. Even if we maybe disagree with, you know, some things that uh, certain countries, you know, specifically China usually uh, do, until you are actively living in China and participating in those practices and can understand those things more from a in-depth, uh, <clears throat> complex view than some bird's-eye view from, you know, thousands of miles away, you probably might be able to, to come to a different conclusion. I, uh, 
I don't know because, you know, my main focus isn't China. My main focus is waging class struggle in America where I live um, and and focusing on, you know, giving critical support to those countries who need it and, and learning from those countries who have participated in this class struggle, who have waged uh, proletarian revolution, and, and learning from the lessons that they have given us. That's that's the point of doing this, you know. That's that's the point of being a communist. Um, so, I um I think that it's a good example to look at China, because, you know, this the Sino-China War, which I'm gonna get historical name names wrong. I have not spent the proper time that I should, but I think it was of 1919. Uh you know, imperialist Japan is, oh, yeah, Sino-Japan War. Okay, whatever. But um, imperialist Japan is coming into China, as they, you know, have for a good portion of China's history, um, and beginning to, you know, try to take over land, try to cultivate land. Um, In some cases, you saw... You know, we know it in America, what it was like for um, Chinese immigrants to come to America, the awful working conditions they were being put under here. The only reason why that was even an option, right, and the only reason why any immigrant from China would then want to come here to put themselves in that awful predicament, you have to think what a terrible existence it was um, in, in periods of time as as Chinese people, you know, um, a lot of Chinese immigrants in the mid-1800s were suffering extreme poverty under feudal rule in China. And then, you know, when you see the invasion of Japan time and time again, you saw uh, imperialist and slave-like working conditions. You saw um, awful uh, human rights violations, we would call them now. And you saw you know, just the true attempt at dehumanization of the Chinese people by the Japanese people. And so if that is the case, you know, there is no wonder why America can get away with such awful, awful treatment of its its immigrants and, and its, its citizens is because where they are coming from is, uh, in many cases, you know, not necessarily worse, but different, and so the call of freedom, the call of liberty that once you get here, you realize doesn't really exist, that looks good, right? So now that I'm done rambling on that, because I feel like I kind of got off the point, um, you know, during this wartime, the Chinese uh, communists and the uh, leadership of China at the time uh, and many others were able to unite against Japan and wage a, a war against imperialism and vanquish imperialism for a time being um, from China. And it wasn't until, you know, opportunism, it wasn't until uh, kind of, you know, feudalism was able to reorganize itself and reconstruct itself that then you see a similar war taking place and and at that you know at that next point in time in the in the 30s when you had the communist party of china fighting um 
you see a, a different tactic being taken. But even still, the unity among many folks who, in some cases, maybe would have been enemies, is important um, in this case to learn from because anarchists and communists in America are not even enemies. So, like, if if Mao Zedong and and the leadership of the Chinese government in 1919 can get along well enough to wage an all-out offensive and, and conflict against imperialist Japan and win, then we here in America can stop bickering and fighting on social media between anarchists and communists and actually succeed in organizing the people, actually succeed in educating and helping the people who need it. We just need to recognize that, hey, the most important thing in the world is not that that name that you, you give us after we ask you, okay, would you be, believe politically? Because to our core, we are anti-capitalist. To our core, we are anti-oppression. Right, this is communists and anarchists, and to our core, we believe in the power of the people, the rule of the many, the people in charge of the people, rather than having some oppressive regime of whatever form take control over the masses. Those are the three most important, you know, crucible uh, uh, issues that everyone else that we, we talk to on the political sphere to the right of us, does not agree with us on. And so we should be able to come together on those three very important points and recognize that as it stands right now, there is absolutely no power in America in the hands of the people. As it stands right now, the people are miseducated, the people are ignorant, and the people need to become organized. If you see what happened outside of Minneapolis with the nurses union workers being able to not only remove the National Guards from their labor building where they were camping out, but kick them completely out of the city they were in. Um, that's what it is when people organize and come together. But we can't do that if the people with the understandings of why we need to educate and why we need come together and what we need to fight against cannot stop fighting amongst themselves. So I think that it is incredibly important to recognize where we are at in America. Uh, we are at a point in time where there is very little uh, to be done for the working class. There is very little hope uh, for the working class to see an end to the issues that we are facing. Uh, through the means that have been given to us, you know, through government action, through legislation, through uh, reforms. These things are not enough, and that much, you know, we should we should understand as just being kind of common sense, which is an awful term to use, but I'm going to use it here because, you know, if we want to see an end to capitalism, we can't see a reformation of capitalism. And that's what reforms are. If we want to see an end to police violence, we can't see a reformation of police violence. It has to be 
complete abolition or nothing because there is only one way that this you know these goals succeed and that is by seeing them through to their end we certainly have seen enough in the history not only of this country but in the world of what is and is not successful when it comes to you know waging a people's liberation movement whether that's national liberation whether that's a socialist revolution what have you um the point is when we need uh uh numbers we cannot find ourselves bickering amongst those that we should be calling comrades and i think that many of us need to take our ego and many of us need to take our americanized individualism and many of us need to take our america american propaganda out of our heads and out of our hearts because on both sides of that coin we see dogmatism on both sides of that coin we see empiricism this belief that oh no i understand it i don't need to i don't need to learn i don't need to talk about this what like we just got to go i got it it's common sense um and so because of that we see a lot of different things bleed in but more often than not what we see is failure and we see an inability to do what it is that we need to do and we are getting to a point in this country but especially outside of this country and the poorer nations of the world the uh impoverished nations that are oppressed and uh controlled through imperialism um we're at a point where there's not really an opportunity for failure so when we have these conversations about you know what it is that we need to be doing in America um what it is we need to begin building we need to begin building with one another and we need to begin bridging these gaps that we seem to have because at this point in time there is no use in arguing in these ways unless it is extremely necessary i feel that most of our arguments are done for the sake of being right and that is equally as wrong as being wrong um our goal is not to be right our goal is to be right for the sake of helping people um and for the sake of being able to help people in a way that not only is just going to meet their need you know we oftentimes talk about the fact that we're not just trying to feed people right we're not just trying to house people we're not just trying to clothe people what we're trying to do in most cases is give the people what they need you know their material conditions are met but through that process we're giving them the tools the education the the wherewithal and the community and the numbers and the solidarity and the encouragement that they need to go out and do these things for themselves and for others who need them because if we're the only ones or you know fill in fill in the blank name here is the only one you know waging these wars and fighting these battles and trying to help people well eventually not for nothing they're not going to be able to be there for whatever reason and so we need to really work on building our, our our numbers really work on building our solidarity and our our relationships to one another because at this point in time and really honestly in my opinion never there is there's no necessity for the bickering and the infighting that we do um it's childish and most of it has to do with our own personal you know egos and problems that we're refusing or not I won't go that route. 
that we are unaware of, or at least not aware of in a way that we can, you know, take care of and, and you know, kind of adjust that problem. But if we want to see these things stop, we have to take our own selves and see what part we can play in, in these scenarios and how we can begin combating this, um, you know, this real division that we see on the left in America. It's unnecessary. And not only is it unnecessary, it's harmful to us and to the people who need our help and who need help themselves, you know? Um, again, what we're trying to do here, what we're trying to build is something that is oppositional, but also strong enough to defeat capitalism. We want to see an end to capitalism. We want to see an end to imperialism. We want to see an end to all forms of oppression. That is the point, at least in my head, and that's what got me here, of what communism is. That is what our goal is, is to end oppression. So how can we end oppression if we're too busy fighting on Facebook? And I know that this is kind of low-hanging fruit, to pick on and to talk about, and I've talked about it before, but it's an important topic because we live in America, and this is one thing that it seems, at least online, um, and you know, by conversation I've had, it even can become a problem in person sometimes, but the difference uh, uh, between anarchism and Marxism is usually conflated because we're already in a sphere where we have it in our mind that we're there to argue or we're there to push and further our own personal beliefs, um, then we're not going to be at a medium or in a place where we can have conversation. But we need to have conversation because both anarchists and communists and others in between have a lot to learn from one another and have a lot to learn from history and have a lot to learn from people who have learn these things and have it in their mind that it's important to teach them. You know, um, not everybody is going to have the time or the ability to sit down and learn all of these things. But if you're going to sit there and argue with someone who tries to tell you other than, you know, what you believe, then guess what? You have to go read and learn these things yourself. Otherwise, you don't get to sit there and say, well, this is what I believe. This is what I think. That's such a reactionary tendency. Even if you call yourself a leftist, it doesn't fucking matter. The only reason that we get to sit and, and believe what we believe and, and, you know, really fight for these things is because <laughs> it's hard to put it in a way that doesn't sound arrogant, but these things are right. Communism is the, it, it's the solution for the people by the people, which has never been seen before. And, and cannot come about unless we together make it our objective to see that come about. Um, and it's very difficult because, again, most of what we're talking about has a lot to do with personal, uh, uh, I don't want to say shortcomings, but personal uh, hiccups that we all have with our egos, with our inability to... Uh, you know, be uh, humble. Um, it's it's a difficult experience 
Um, but it's one that, again, if we want to be in a position where not only can we help people, but we're going to help people in a way that is going to empower them to help themselves and others, we, you know, we should be able to take some criticism. Um, because we're going to be wrong a lot more times than we're going to be right, especially when we're trying to go into other folks' communities and help them. Because we don't know when you go into, you know, say me, a white guy walks into, you know, downtown uh, Chicago right now with everything going on and tries to walk up to, you know, organizers there and tell them what it is that they need to be doing. How is it that you feel I will be responded to? And not even that, let's talk about how can I help people? How is that helpful? So when we're talking about, you know, communism versus anarchism, when we're talking about um, what it is that we're trying to, to see built in the world, we have to recognize that we have to wage an all-out war against capitalism against imperialism and against oppression. And that's a hard fought battle that we can't do alone. Um, So I think the most important thing that we here in America need to begin focusing on is really, really, really coming together with the people, with each other, and building revolutionary organizations and parties which are ready and able and willing to fight capitalism and to fight oppression whenever and wherever it surfaces. Um, that is the goal of, you know, the proletariat. That is the goal of communism. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I got for you today. Um, if you're still listening, I appreciate you very much. Um, please go ahead and follow me on all my social media, uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, reach out to me on there ever if you want to talk. Um, like I said at the top of the show, you can also reach out to me at indefensive liberation, no caps, no spaces in that, um, at gmail.com. Um, I, uh, I try to respond as quick as possible, but I really am bad about remembering that email is a thing. So sometimes I'm a little less responsive than I should be, but yeah, um, if you enjoyed the show, please, please, please. Give me a rating and a review on the iTunes store. It helps me to expand my reach. It helps me to grow my audience. And more than anything, what we're trying to do here at In Defense of Liberation is educate the best we can. And it's hard to educate without any students, without anyone listening. So, uh, yeah, if you want to do anything for me, you want to help out, that's one thing you could do. Um, But other than that, folks, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate, you know, folks who come back are listening again that really means a lot uh and folks who are listening for the first time that means you know a lot as well because that means that you saw something i posted or something i I did and you thought that hey this asshole has uh something to say and i want to hear it so that's pretty cool because uh most of my family members and friends would disagree with you uh because they're sick of listening to me so yeah i mean i got a podcast for a reason y'all but (laughs) I uh, I hope you, you know, enjoyed listening to the show. I hope everyone is staying safe and sane during these awful, awful times. I wanted to take a moment right here at the end of the show to, 
you know, just get a little serious real quick. Um, in the United States, we have now seen four uh, people, human beings, uh, outright murdered by the police and by individuals who are given power, authority, respect, and impunity in society. And they are taking that power and impunity and using it to murder young black people, to murder and people's lives. This is not okay. And this has never been okay because this is not new. This is new to some, but to the black, brown, and indigenous people who since the day white people stepped foot on this land have been suffering. This is nothing new. We cannot allow this to continue. We can not stand idly by as our black, brown, and indigenous brothers, sisters, and and non-conforming folks, our comrades are being slaughtered for, for what? For being black, brown, and indigenous. It's undeniable. You want to sit there and tell me that America is not a racist society? Shut the fuck up. How about that? Because you're not paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, that's because you're choosing not to pay attention. Today in America, if you're still racist, if you're still sexist, if you're still transphobic, first and foremost, I want you to do everybody a favor and jump off the highest building you can find right onto a concrete floor um, in Minecraft. I also want you to realize that you're a piece of shit, and I hope you fucking die. Um, And at this point, I don't give a fuck about if that is, quote unquote, the wrong take. Oh, oh, we want to, we want to, you know, we don't want to be divisive. We don't want to, we don't want to be the, the other side of violence. Do you know what violence is? Violence is when you go up to someone with no reason. You go up to someone with no power and no ability to defend themselves and you act violently against them. What is not violence is when for 500 fucking years, imperialism, oppression, white supremacy, capitalism has dominated and murdered, outright slaughtered, genocided, erased people groups from the face of the fucking earth. What violence is not is when that happens and then those people pick up their guns, pick up themselves, pick up everything that they have, including what, what willpower they have and, and, and what, what revolutionary fervor they have. And they say, no more. When human beings demand their own dignity through the process of self-preservation, through the process of self-defense against outright murder. That is not violence. That is survival. And when we see young black, brown, and indigenous folks being murdered in this country by people who have printed across their chest, protect and serve, there is no such thing as violence against these monstrous murderers.
There is only self-defense. Anyone who wants to sit there today and complain or, 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 or make a case that racism is um, out of context, that, that we are all taking this far too seriously, what I want you to do, again, is kill yourself in Minecraft. Because here's the thing. You can go fuck yourself. I don't even need to explain it. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, at this point, anyone who feels that way can go fuck themselves. Um, if you have a problem with that, you can go fuck yourself, too. Um, we're not here to make friends, folks. We're not here to to be best buddies with fucking racists and fascists. We're here to end fucking fascism. We're here to beat the shit out of some fucking racists. And we're here to end oppression and end the discrimination and suffering that black, brown, indigenous people, not only here in America, but all across the world have to suffer. That is our goal. And so whatever means necessary are whatever means are necessary. And those are the means that we will and shall be taking. There is no such thing as, as peaceful change. There is no such thing as a, a there is no way to end the, the problems we are seeing today without revolution, without, without action being taken by the people to change the very world that they live in and make it their own. That is the only solution. Again, if you're still listening, thank you very much. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you stay safe, and I hope that, you know, to your core, you understand what it is I'm talking about because I'm talking to you too. Um, we need to be the ones fighting when when black, brown, and indigenous folks, and I know I say it kind of like a, a, a slogan, but, you know, that's, that's who really needs help the most in this country is black, brown, and indigenous people who to this day have been oppressed by the very people who have said they are coming to save them. They don't need savior. They don't need saving. They need the power in their hands to help themselves. And that's what we're here to do, is to get the people the power and put the people in power. That is what we are here to do. Thanks for listening. I have been Josh. This has been In Defense of Liberation. And until next time, we'll see you later, folks. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, stay revolutionary. Bye.